Hello everyone and welcome to the Sport of Love podcast. Today I'm delighted to have former rugby player, Tyg Leader. Welcome on, Tyg. Sorry, no. So, man, thanks very much for having me. Glad we were able to finally have a chat after one or two attempts. Yeah. Um. So I suppose we'll start. Like, was sport like a big thing in the leader household growing up? Like <laughs> everything. Um. It was it, honestly. I was so there's there's two three boys. Um. And we're all within five years of each other. So, um. Literally, we're talking to my mum about this yesterday about like how, how how lucky we were to have three boys in the kind of same you know same age and uh, the same inter- very similar interests and our interests just revolved around the ball, whether it was hurling, Gaelic soccer, rugby, whatever it was. We were just flying around the house, belting each other, playing playing different sports. Um, so from from day zero, it was always a a huge a huge part of our life. It still is, even now I'm thirty. And um, my brothers are, yeah, you know, we're all older, but it still it still plays a big role in our in our lives today. So, but um, I love that, I love that. And I know I mentioned there that you're a former rugby player. How did you first get into rugby? Like, um, would have gone up to go regions, probably whatever five, six years of age. Um, my dad played rugby there in go regions for. For many years, you know, when he was a young fella himself, and then uh, so once we once we were old enough, it was always rugby and rowing were probably the main sports. So once we once we were old enough, we're up in Glen Iron and go Egents, and then you know we're there, we're there, you know, from the age of five up until probably twenty two was when I first moved to America and left. But yes, it was just it was in the family, and we we all played up there, and we were all heavily involved for for many years there. Yeah, and I know you played up to the ages of Connacht as well. Um, and then, as you mentioned there, you moved off to America. Um, what, what brought that decision on? I suppose, like to move to America. Um, it was always something that interests me going over to the US. Uh, you know, going there and going there holidays a few times growing up, and I always thought I I wanted to be there. Just, I just, I don't know. It's in the movies and stuff, right? There's everything in America and this bigger, better, I, you know, that was it, really, you know, in terms of in my head. And um, I, when I left Connacht, I played out in Italy for an Italian team for a little bit, but I had to get my shoulder reconstructed. So I was kind of at the point, you know, I was 22, maybe 23, at the point where I was like, do I want to keep playing, kind of trying to get. You know, I, I was in pro sports, but I was never like, you know, like guaranteed. I was always going to be a guy that was, you know, floating around, never going to be your star player. Like, and you just kind of do I want to, do I want to kind of stick around doing that and chasing contracts around Europe and different places? Or uh, I had the chance to go study and get a, you know, get a, had a sports scholarship to go play rugby and study in the US. So I thought, you know what, um, I'm going to give this a crack because I've been in pro rugby for a while and I was a bit sick of it. Uh, so I just thought, you know what, I'll try something new and different. I'll head out here to the US to a place called Missouri. Never heard knew nothing about the state of Missouri, the back arse of nowhere, but went out there and ended up having a great time and then ended up hanging on for another seven, eight years. Um, and is there much difference like between Irish rugby and US Major League rugby? Yeah, 
they're just like the just just the, the sheer geography of America, like you know, you know, just playing games in our own domestic league, like Major League Rugby. It's American only teams, well, Canada as well. But you know, you I was playing in San Diego, and we could be playing a game over in Toronto, in Canada, or New York, or Washington D.C. You know, and they're like six hours travel time in the, in the flights, and like it was quite long, and it was often. You know, playing here in Ireland, you know, you have four teams in Ireland, or you know, you're playing in England, Wales, Scotland, and then the odd country up to France or Italy. But like, you know, all those are what less than three hours, or or some of them even like 30, 40 minutes. So it, just the geography of it, it was it was very different just from that perspective. Um, and then just the systems, like structurally as a as a sport, it's nowhere near as developed. So as a result, you know, the 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 resources given to it, you know, the the structures around it aren't as developed as they are in Ireland. Again, I think it's, it's you know, so much easier in Ireland. Again, come back to the geography. It's so much smaller and so centralised, you know. I just came from Galway to Dublin there in the last two hours and it takes two hours to go coast to coast. You know, so it's much easier kind of do things logistically. Um, and obviously the sport here has been around ages. But yeah, look, there was, there was loads of differences in terms of kind of off the field experiences because your, your hand is kind of held a little bit more in the Irish system because, you know, things are kind of done a little bit more for you. Um, and it's yeah, it's you know it's more established. Whereas Major League Rugby was brand new. It was like walking into a brand new. It was a brand new startup business. It's just the business happens to be rugby, but you know as a result, there's no processes in place or there's no structure to follow. It's so you kind of figure it out as you go. So that was very different from Connacht, where you know you're just following what the lads did the year before and the year before and the year before. You know that so you didn't have that uh kind of procedures in place. So that that was noticeable off the pitch. But the rugby was the rugby. Um, that was similar because there's so many foreigners, lads, from all, loads of Irish lads, loads of New Zealand lads, and then American players. So that's that side of it was familiar, but it was the rest of it around that was uh was a very much a different experience. And then you were saying you played like eight eight years over there, um, and then COVID came along, and you decided to try your hand at NFL for some reason. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, that was that was random. Like in rugby, I was I was always an okay rugby player. I was never I was never like your star athlete, or I was never going to be Anthony. You know, I was an okay player. I no problem saying that. But I was a very good kicker, and playing rugby was my opportunity to kick because that's all I knew. You know, at least or playing gay football and stuff. But you know, they, they, that's all I could do. Um, that was the platform or the avenue to allow me to kick was through rugby. And then when COVID came along, I remember just people had always told me to go kick American footballs because they saw me kicking rugby and they're like, Hey, you're, you're good at this. Maybe you should consider this other sport. And I never did because at that point I was playing major league rugby. I was about to start playing for the U S national team. So I was going to get caps to play international rugby. And, you know, growing up in Ireland, playing rugby for a country or playing professional rugby, that sounds familiar and that sounds like very achievable. And I was doing that or about to do some of that. So I never thought about going to American football because it was like, sure, how the hell do I do that? But then when COVID came along and everything stopped, then it was like, you know what? I'll just go kick these balls for a bit of crack, for a bit of fun. And like two months after that first kick, which is just for a bit of fun, I ended up retiring, you know, leave my having to call my team and say, hey, I know our season's in six weeks and I have a contract, but 
uh, any chance that I'm not coming back, any chances you might let me go, I'm going to go try to play American football. And you know, everyone thought I was mad. It's like, why would you? We just like, what? Like, why? What? Like, how the hell does this even work? But delighted I did it. I had like some classic class experiences in in doing that. And but yeah, COVID was a catalyst. And then I just just you know growing up in Ireland, kicking a Gaelic football or rugby ball, it was it, you know it, it popped in the. I'd always thought about playing American football, or excuse me, I'd always been interested in kicking, but I never thought about playing the sport. And then just when COVID came along, I was coaching a rugby team in Boston and one of the lads coached high school uh, American football. And I just asked him one day, do you mind if I borrow a few balls and give them, give them a whack? And I did that. And then, you know, fast forward maybe two months, uh, I ended up having to leave, like leave my job to, to try and chase this unknown thing that's American football. But, it was exciting, you know. I was, I was kind of, I enjoyed rugby and I had a good time, but I was also kind of, you know, ready. I wasn't, I wasn't too sad to leave it because I was excited to try something new, you know, and chase something different. So that's good. I guess COVID is how it came about, and then I tried to, from there, figure figure it out, which wasn't easy, but uh, you know, good, good journey for me as well personally, just to figure, you know, it, it, it it's pretty uncomfortable and it makes you learn a lot about yourself, you know, sometimes like that. So, um. Yeah, that's kind of that's how it came about, anyway. And like, who who like first approached you, like to give you your first contract? So, I was really lucky. So most, I talked to some NFL teams and CFL, just the Canadian teams, and at the beginning, and the kind of feedback was like, yeah, you look good, but you're showing us you're kicking in rugby or you're showing us kicking like, you know, in the t- shorts and t-shirt in San Diego, you know, none of these clips you've shown us, you're wearing a helmet in a game with 11 people trying to block your kick and take your head off. So, which is fair. Like, Cause I didn't have that. So that, um, I was probably a bit naive at the start thinking like, ah, sure. I can try sure my able, like I can do this. And so I didn't realize how, you know, to try and kick in the NFL is like trying to be, one of the top 32 golfers in the world in terms of like you know, your job is just to swing your leg like your job is to swing your club but only 32 guys get to do it because only 32 teams in the NFL so you know, I probably didn't realize just like how how competitive that is you know a lot of people are trying to do it so um, yeah anyway so I was kind of like talking to teams and getting kind of interest and stuff but nothing so nothing concrete because the biggest thing was hey you've never played a game of football like you've never done this so then uh, there was a league in the U.S. called the Spring League that was uh, that was happening, and I reached out. and my, my my biggest selling point was was the fact I played rugby for America, so they, you know, for them they were kind of like, ah, this this would be a cool story. This Irish fella who's never played the sport before, but he's come over to America, lived in America, he's played rugby for America, so he's like, you know, played for Team USA, and now he's trying to do now he's trying to kind of go on this journey in, in or sport which is american football so that kind of opened the door for me trust me everyone <laughs> everyone else on my team loves the guys who played in the nfl some of the guys in the other teams that won the super bowls you know like so they were all super experienced guys for whatever reason they were injured and got released from the nfl they're trying to get back in so there's all these lads that have been doing it all their lives and some to like the highest level and then there was this irish fella who you know i didn't have a clue what i was doing really but i just tried to pretend i knew more than i did you know dude so so they, they didn't pick up on how Last I was, but um, yeah, so that's where we, so in Indianapolis is where I first played and got the ball rolling. And then, whatever, and saying you played for a while in Canada, 
Canada, and then you played for a while in Germany. Would that be right? Yeah, I I went to the European League first. Um, after I played in that league in America, I was kind of thinking, you know, what's next? And I was hoping to sign in Canada because that that's kind of the, the next biggest league to the NFL, and that was the plan. But the, the Canadian teams were were kind of like telling me to stay ready. They give me a call. You know, because it, it's not like any other sport. Like you need to get a. It's common for a kicker to get a call on a Friday and play in the NFL on a Sunday for a team he didn't know on the Thursday. Like it's mad. So so there's there's called stay ready. So they just tell me to stay ready because a call could have come at any moment. And Joe, to me that was all a bit far fetched. It was like, what do you mean? Like I can just get a call at any moment. And uh, I didn't understand the sport because it doesn't work like that in rugby or most sports. You know, you you just put it. It's called coming in. Called coming in off the street is what they say. And is that because like. People get injured or why performance mostly. Like... P- performance usually a lad misses two kicks maybe, and then he's he's fired. So there's no there's, there's, there's no guarantee. And as a kicker, it's but, so yeah, it's it's so it's a pretty like cutthroat business. Like if you miss two kicks, you're gone pretty much. It's been terrible. It's like ridiculously cutthroat, and part of the reason why I've you know I don't sure we get to where I kind of stepped out of it, and I'm trying to do the coaching in Ireland now, but. Because it's just you have no you have no sense of control over your life that like something as small as that you know in rugby if you don't play well yeah you, you can be you mightn't start next week but if you signed a two year contract you know you're still going to be there for two years or they they pay you out for your last year to leave or you know whatever they don't just call you on a Monday morning and say sorry good luck um whereas they do in this sport so anyway. I was kind of told to stay ready because they were going to tell some other lad good luck and then maybe I get a chance to replace him. Um, and I was doing that training back in Galway by myself, which is kind of hard because, you know, again, I'm just by myself and dying in there in Galway, just kicking uh, kicking like the rugby pitches or the Gaelic pitches. And then uh, a league, a new league started in, in the it's, uh, Germany, Spain, Poland, and a few other countries around Europe. So the European League launched. So American football is actually quite kind of big in Germany, and a few of those other countries. It's surprisingly they they support it. So anyway, I got a chance, and I was I was initially like, nah, I'm not going moving over to play. Like, what what is this? And then you know I started kind of looking at the league and the what the level of play, and it was a chance to basically you know be paid to kick a football for I think it was six weeks is all that was left in the season because they were making it into the playoffs. And live in a new country and do a new, you know, experience something new. So, and the biggest value of it was get more game experience. That was the biggest because that's what I needed desperately. So I went over there and did that. Uh, I went phenomenally well because I I got the game tape I needed, which then, you know, that game tape then opened up the door for me to sign in the Canadian league. You because I was able to show them, you know, like me playing in games, playing in stadiums, kicking it over what they wanted to see. So that so it was really valuable. And then yeah, I did most recently. I was up in Canada for for a while, and now I'm back in Ireland. And was there much of a difference, like between the NFL and the CFL in Canada? Like, was there much like a skill difference? I, I suppose. Uh, not really. No, I mean the NFL is definitely better, but low like loads of the lads that play in the CFL played in the NFL, or loads of the guys that played in the CFL they have a good season, they get signed to the NFL. So it's because you know there's no academies or there's no like division two or division three. You know, you know, like you have the Premier League, the champions, the the championship in England, like League One. You know, you have like tiers of the leagues for lads to come up. So there's no tiers in American football. It was just the NFL. So the CFL is like the next tier down, basically unofficially. 
So um, it was uh, no, it was, it was a class experience because the, the town I was in, Hamilton, um, you know, we had a preseason game and you're getting 15, 20,000 people just showing up for a preseason game. So, you know, they took it seriously. In-season teams are getting 30, 40, um, <clears throat> thousand people showing up. So it was, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was really good. It was class. It's, it's kind of, when I first went to play American football, I had hoped that I might get to the point that I could maybe, you know, get to that level. Uh, knowing at the time I was 29, but to turn 30. So I was like, I was always, I was hoping I could try and experience playing with like a proper big team, say, um, or what I deemed to be a proper big team. And the, the team was with the CFL were, were 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 that so it was it was class you know go to a team where you're really well supported in terms of um, you know off the field they were so professional and they like, took really good care of us and um, got to got to do a lot of cool stuff and experience a lot of cool stuff so that was good but then <laughs> then I got cut which is unfortunately part of the job as I said I scored a game winning kick on a Monday and was on a on a Friday sorry Friday and I was like released on the Monday. Um, which was like kind of a bit hard to believe. So it was like, I just kicked the game winner <laughs> at the weekend. And everyone like, you know, stormed the pitch. It was jumping all over me. And like, I was on cloud nine. It's like, you know, they can't fire me now. But uh, there was also another kicker who was really good. And so he ended up playing, he ended up playing the season for them, which, which just ended. And in fairness to him, he set a franchise record. So he's the most successful kicker of the team of all time. So, I you know I I knew when I was getting released it was frustrating because I because I done well you know but also I also knew he was I also knew he was really good and turned out in fairness and they made the right decision he he went on had a class season so but there's no qualms about that either for me it's it's part of the business again it's not like rugby or soccer where if you get like you get released from Connacht you might be kind of like oh what do I do next or you know where do I go next whereas in American football. Guys like most guys get released a few times as kickers. Most kickers get released like three to five times in their career. It's it, it's it's very common, you know. So when it, when that happened, I was disappointed to be leaving the team, but I was still pretty proud of kind of, of what I you know what I managed to achieve in the time I was there. You know, if I performed po- poorly, I would have felt different, but I performed well, so it was, it was easy enough to kind of you know acknowledge it, recognize it's just a business, and that's what they say, it's just a business. So you just kind of get on with it and. That kind of you know led me led me now to be back in Ireland a little bit and trying to help trying to help Irish lads now. And I suppose we should move on to now. Um, your I was going to say your baby at the moment. Uh, leader kicking. Just tell me, like, how this came about. Yeah, and it's definitely it's definitely the baby at the moment. It's uh, I'm enjoying it. Um. Basically, you know, from my experience, when I you know first tried to 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 break into the pro teams, you know, every pro, <coughs> every NFL or CFL team told me like, yeah, you're clearly a good kicker, but you've never played. And then I was like, well, what? I was playing. I was busy playing rugby for the last eight years. Like, sorry, okay, guys, what what do you want me to say? Um, and you know, through that, obviously, I figured out that you know everyone plays in college in America. That's what you do. You go playing. You play in high school. You play in college, and then you go pro. That's just like this their system. Um so knowing that Irish lads could could do this and probably play pro, but then learn you know, understand the college landscape, I pretty quickly kind of was like, you know what? I think Irish lads could go use their Gaelic football or rugby or so or whatever sport that is, use their kicking abilities and and learn about kicking American football. And then as a result of that, if they're good and you're if you're really good, you can get a full scholarship. 
which means now you can get your entire education paid for, your housing paid for, your food paid for, your medical paid, everything under the sun. Um, and if you go to a big college, you're playing in front of 50, 80,000 every week. And, you know, these are these are 18 to 24-year-olds. You know, it's a huge business in America. It's a huge sport. And there's, and there's only 32 NFL teams. There's nine CFL teams. That's kind of it. Whereas there's a few hundred colleges. So the you know there's a lot more opportunity for lads to uh to do it. So I've just been at home now for, you know for the last while trying to introduce Irish lads to to American football and then you know educate them on like hey if if you get good at this you know you can get a scholarship that's worth over two hundred grand to go to America and play. You know and I it's just working with the lad today he's from Carlo. He uh, played a bit of getting football, played a bit of rugby. He was okay, but he's never going to go like too far within those sports. But he's a really good kicker, and now he um he started training with me for the last like two and a half three months, and you know he's going he's in DCU at the moment. He wants to get a master's degree. And you know, a master's degree in the US can be sixty seventy grand, and Joe you know, he's look he's going to get his master's degree for free now because he's he's been kicking really well. So he's going up to New York uh, first week of January to to kick for some coaches. But you know it, it's already happening. Joe you know, like it, it can be a truly life changing thing. Um. For, for select few so i'm just trying to help i'm just trying to help those lads and uh you know learn from my learn from my journey and maybe some of the mistakes i met along the way and to, to help them to help them go on the path with more knowledge because my biggest problem was i had no one to talk to i had no one to ask like what do i do now or what what should i do next you know there wasn't an irish fella i could pick up and give a call to or a lad that i kind of walked the path say so i was figuring it out and i met a lot of wrong turns along the way because you don't you don't know which way to turn but now you know, I'm I'm hoping that I can kind of, you know, I've paved a bit of a pathway for these lads, these lads to now walk and follow and, you know, make make a bigger impact than I ever could. So that's kind of the passion you know, around now. And I think you know, I'm enjoying trying to help coach and help others. It, it's It's been fun. And just tell everyone about the competition you ran a couple of months back. Um, I I thought it was a very good competition, now to be honest. Uh, <laughs> But just tell other people about it if they didn't hear about it. Yeah. Um it was yeah, it was called so the, you know the, the college game that happens in the Aviva now, it does one game a year college football and uh I I wanted to try and introduce Irish people to kick it. And I knew that game was going on, so I thought it was a perfect platform to try and, you know, like join up with them. The the Erlingus College Football Classic is what it's called. Um so I just came up with this idea called Ireland's Kicking King. And the idea was travel all over Ireland, male, female, whoever, the age, doesn't matter really. It was just about letting, introducing people to American football kicking. And then we ran little competitions. And then, you know, the best from around Ireland all then met in uh, Dublin back in August, the morning of the big college game in the Aviva. So we all kicked maybe 15 people were the winners of the different locations around Ireland. And then they all kicked that morning and the top three kickers all got to kick in the stadium at half time in front of like 45,000 people. And the winner of that got flights over to Chicago and to uh, go to a college football game and things like that. So that was class because it was, uh, you know, providing an opportunity for people that you usually wouldn't get that opportunity to to just walk into the Aviva and have 45,000 people staring at them as they, they're kicking American football. So like it was gas. It was so random, but, uh, somehow we pulled it off and, uh, Funnily enough, the kid that the lad that won it, Andy's name from Craig's where I was today. So a seventeen year old rugby player. 
And Joe, he's now decided he's he's going all in in American football, and as his, as has his family, after that experience that they want to they want Andy to go to America to get his undergrad degree and as a kicker. So like you know, it was class that you know that that got that train in motion, say. Um. So yeah, Ireland's kicking king, and he's still Ireland. He's still be crowned the Middle League crown. We got a five euro crown down the road there in some pound store in Dublin, and we threw it on his head after he won in the Aviva. So that was good crack as well. Um. Yeah. I I just thought it was a great idea, and I'm like, you were going all over the place. You were in Galway. You were in Dublin. You were in Cork. Like, um. Yeah. So what what's the plan over the next? couple of months now with the coaching yeah the, the plan is to spend um, January and February trying to make more people aware of what it is I'm doing because it's, it's still a new thing you know what I mean there's no one else doing this this isn't really well, it's not a normal thing for by our standards anyway uh, so the plan is to spend the next few months just keep trying to raise awareness of what we're doing and then I have so I'm launching something called, I haven't actually talked about this publicly at all, but I'm launching something called the Immersive Program. So what that's going to be is I've probably coached around 100 guys now. And there's been around five that have been phenomenal, like really good, really good. Five guys who, who can who are good enough right now to go play in America. So alongside trying to spread the awareness of what it is I'm doing, those those couple of lads, they're going to be brought into the immersive program or they're going to be training basically full time. Uh, we know multiple kicking sessions a week, strength and conditioning, psychology, lifestyle, academic, uh, the, the whole shebang. And, you know, to prepare them to go over to the US uh, in August of 24. That's when some of them will start college. So right now it's about training them. And then also we're talking to college coaches on behalf of those lads to help the recruiting process. So, you know, so they can get full scholarships because, you know, as I said, it could, it could be 50 to 70 grand a year for some of these places. So, you know, if, if we can get them a good scholarship, it's free. So we're, we're trying really hard to to get to coach those lads and get them ready and send them over uh, where they can go kick footballs and then get their degree or get their master's degree. So that's the kind of short term focus. And I, I hope just things like this with more people to see or hear about it, you know, they might think like, you know what, I know a lad that was classic Gaelic football. He was classic taking threes, but... Oh, he's class to take a freeze, but he wasn't the best player, but he was an unreal free taker. And you're like, it's guys like that exist that maybe they don't progress too far in the sport because they might be good at other elements of it, but they're really good at the kicking or same in rugby. And though this is an avenue that lads can just kick because the reality is you, you go on, you kick the ball, then you sit down for like 25 minutes drinking water and then you get called again, you go give it a belt and you sit down again for 15 minutes. So like it's, it's it, it's it's not boring either. It's fun and exciting, but you know what I mean you're not getting your body, you're not getting hit as much. You know, you're not. You're just. It's a it's a good gig if you can get it. So I'm trying to help Irish lads. You know, and in college you won't get cut in one day like you do with the pro game, so they won't have to go through what I went through either. But you look, it's all part of it. And when is this immersive program starting? Late January, late January. So right now we're just talking to some. Um, you know, it's a cool story to you know take a fella like Andy say from you know Craig's from Roscommon Craig's who kind of rural enough Ireland, and they to, to be introduced to this new sport, and within a year or so, all of a sudden, boom, he's playing in front of you know big crowds in college stadiums in America, kicking. You know, it's it's a unique kind of journey that that hasn't existed previously in Ireland. So right now, I guess I'm talking to a few different companies about um, you know, being partners and kind of partners in terms of like sponsorship and being part of the journey. 
So I'm hoping to get those finalized in the next couple of weeks. And then, yeah, to get to get this program off the ground. And uh, it's going to be based in Dublin uh, starting. I would I would love it being Galway, but unfortunately, everyone's in Dublin, it seems. So I've had to go to the... Uh, so we'll be getting, getting the ball rolling late January in, uh, in Dublin. And, but I'll still be traveling around Ireland trying to meet lads and, and introduce them and get, let them get involved. But for those ones that are real serious and, and they want to go over to college you know, in, in the next, say, year, those lads will be getting, getting going in uh, January in Dublin. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm one of the first people to know about it anyway. <laughs> I know it'd be good. You never know now. I'm not, that's it, though, just getting the word out and you... you uh, Let's hope now. Well, now, now since I've publicly said it, I'm going to make sure I, I I get it off the ground running in January. Now, a bit of a timeline that I've said is that I don't uh, kind of wait to February or March. But now it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. And you know, same as Anthony, you know, you got to try and try and you know deliver deliver something really good for the lads. So you know, I can make them as good as they can. So they when they go over, they'll have a good time. So the sooner we start that process, the better. You know, the better they'll be for it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Mike, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, it was a long time coming, as you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was great to get it finally over the line. Um, I just want to wish you a happy Christmas, and I'll leave the last word to you if you want. Yeah, no, Sam, Mark, Mark, appreciate the appreciate having me on and chatting. Um, good, good to have a good platform like yours to kind of hopefully spread awareness of this new sport of American football that some we're getting involved in. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, who knows, who knows who's listening to it might, you know, if you, if you're interested, you could always, um, shoot, shoot me a DM, uh, leader kicking on Instagram or, you know, I'm actually on TikTok now. I'm getting used to TikTok, a bit old for it, but I'm trying to figure out TikTok at the moment. Um, but, uh, no, but you cheers. Thanks very much for giving me a chance to chat to you. Um, and uh, yeah, hope all is well with you and, um, yeah, no, just just thank you very much and enjoy the Christmas. No bother, you too. Sound. Oh, I just want to say a big thank you to Ty for coming on. I really enjoyed the chat. I hope he did too. And I just want to wish him all the best of luck for the rest of his coaching career.